0: brought to you by loveandlightschool.com. I'm your host Ashley Levy and this podcast is the number one place for all things crystals where crystal lovers and spiritual entrepreneurs can learn and experience the art of crystal healing. In today's show, we're going to talk about the healing properties of amethyst. Now I know that this is a common stone and it might seem like we're rehashing things or like it's a little bit boring to think about something as common as amethyst, but that's exactly the reason I want to talk about this stone. I think it's become really overlooked and you know, because it's such a staple, right? I mean, just about all of us probably have an amethyst in our crystal collection or in our healing toolkit. So when I work with my stones, I always have kind of a crystal message that comes through from each one. And I want to share with you my message about amethyst. I clear the path for your divine self to come forth, shed your ego self and step into your divine purpose. It's time to live the life for which you were meant. Now, this is big, serious stuff. So although amethyst might seem rather commonplace, it's such an important stone for all of us to work with because it really does help you find your soul path, move out of your ego self and into your divine purpose. So if you've been struggling to find your calling, if you've been struggling to spend your days doing something that fulfills you working with amethyst can help you get back on track and find a path that fulfills your purpose. So another thing is amethyst is an amazing protective stone. So as you kind of step out onto this new journey, it can sometimes seem really scary or overwhelming, but if you're using amethyst, it helps protect you against negative energy. And not only negativity that's coming from other people who are trapped in a place of ego, who might have feelings of jealousy or who might be putting you down for doing what you're called to do. Um, and that comes out in lots of ways, right? It can come out as jealousy, but it can also come out as misunderstanding or as anger or as confusion. Um, and so it, it's really hard for a lot of light workers and Healers to really fully step into their path because they're afraid of ridicule from others, right? Or they're afraid of disapproval. And you don't have to feel that way. And amethyst can really work to shield you from the worst of that energetically. It also helps block electromagnetic stresses. So if you have sensitivity to EMFs, then keeping an amethyst in your pocket or wearing some amethyst jewelry can really go a long way. And because of this, it also helps relieve the energetic causes of insomnia. So if you have trouble sleeping... It may very well be due to EMFs or um, I wish I could find a better word for this, but psychic attack, right? A lot of people ascribe to the idea of psychic attack, and that's really not um, the way that I like to think about it, but... Basically, I mean, there's just energy, right? And there's energy that's for your highest good and there's energy that's not. And when people are connecting to you energetically in a way that's not for your highest good, that's basically what psychic attack is. It doesn't even necessarily have to be malicious or intentional. Um, this can be, you know, completely subconsciously on the part of another person. But when it infringes upon your energy field, that's what you really need to be mindful of. And so amethyst can help shield you from that energy, which can be a huge trigger for insomnia. Um, Because if you're having trouble sleeping, you can't recharge. There's a lot of chaos energy in your field. And so amethyst just keeps all of that at bay. Now, it's also great for enhancing memory, particularly from the dream state So it promotes positive dreams, also helps you remember your dreams, and then it aids in their interpretation because it stimulates your intuition and psychic awareness. Now, it's also a great stone for balancing the emotions. And I know that we don't often think of amethyst as an emotional balancer, but there are some emotions that come through all the way from spirit. Or from our higher selves. And so, Amethyst helps us recognize and get in touch with those emotions so that we can process them, reground, recenter, and come back to a place of harmony. So, Another great thing that Amethyst can be really, really helpful for is connecting you with messages and wisdom from the universe, from your spirit guides, from guardian angels and totem animals, and it helps you interpret and understand this guidance just like it does with dream interpretation because it stimulates the intuition. It opens the third eye and enhances your psychic abilities. So because of that strong connection to the third eye and psychic awareness, amethyst is also an amazing stone for enhancing meditation and facilitating a connection with spirit um, and helping you find a place of stillness. Now, traditionally and historically, you'll find references to amethyst assisting with addiction and helping people overcome addiction. So it is actually very helpful for that, um, and I have personally used amethyst for weight loss. Uh, I I tend to overeat. I love food. What can I say? I like very much enjoy all things that are delicious. So for me, it was really difficult because I found that I was gaining some weight um, because I just love to eat. Like can't help that. That's never going to change. I love food that's cool. And I I love that about myself. I love that I can enjoy like the pleasures of life that way. Right. But not at the expense of my health, not so much. So amethyst really helped me just be more mindful of when I was eating because I was hungry versus when I was eating because something tasted delicious. And those are two very different things. So if you have a little problem with portion control, a little bit like I do, um, try using some amethyst. I actually lost about 30 pounds in total in about six, seven months. And it was really amazing. Um, Of course, I was, like I said, being mindful of my diet, I was, I always eat pretty healthy. I think the worst thing I eat is chocolate, um, but that's, again, I have a love affair with that kind of thing. Um, but, and of course, exercising, doing yoga, going for walks, all those things are important. It's not like you can just use a stone and magically you're, you're going to lose weight. I'm totally not saying that. This is really about it acting as a reminder, a touchstone, and an energetic support for you when you're going through something like that. So those are kind of some of the main things amethyst works for. There are also a lot of resources that talk about how beneficial amethyst can be for those with headaches and people who get migraines, for reducing the frequency of headaches and also for just reducing headache pain. Um, I find that that's true if, that is, if the headache is caused by an energetic blockage in the third eye and the crown and the throat, then amethyst can be helpful. But it's not always helpful. And at first, when I first started working with crystals, I was trying amethyst all the time. And I found that whenever I used it to help me reduce my headache pain, it actually got worse. But as I became more familiar with energy and understanding how energy works in the body, I realized that's because my headaches were from an overabundance of energy. So it wasn't a blockage. It wasn't stagnant energy. It was just an excessive amount of energy, like a crazy high energy buzz that was so overwhelming, I would get a headache. And so amethyst was really just amping that up and adding to it and really exacerbating the problem. Uh, so what I found works really well for me for headaches is using a grounding stone to help ground out some of that extra energy. So the reason I want to bring this up is because it, amethyst is so commonly, uh, related to reducing headache pain and tons and tons of crystal healing books and online resources and that kind of thing. Um, But I have not personally had that experience. And I think the reason for that, like I said, is just because there are, You have to look at the energetic root cause, not just the the symptom, right? The symptom is the headache. So you really have to understand what's going on in your body energetically in order to use stones to influence your physical body. Um, Because the stone isn't working on a physical level, it's working on an energetic level. It's creating energetic support. So it's not a cure, it's not a treatment, it's an energetic support. And it's something that helps you shift things energetically so that you you can do your healing on a physical level. Does that make sense? Hope it does. Um, Anyway, with that, you know, amethyst, like I said, really strongly related to the third eye chakra, the crown chakra. It enhances the positive aspects of Aquarius and Pisces zodiac signs and helps balance out their more negative attributes. It's most strongly related to the elements of air and water, if you look at kind of a four elemental system. But if you include the fifth element of spirit or ether, then amethyst is really strongly related to that. Um, Because I'm a gardener, you always hear me talk when I'm talking about the healing properties of different stones about companion flowers and companion essential oils for your crystals. So for amethyst, the companion flower that I feel really resonates with it energetically is wisteria. And the essential oil that I usually use with my amethyst is lavender. It's actually one of the very few essential oils that I still use because I'm so sensitive to different fragrances and that sort of thing. But I love, love, love lavender. Can't get enough of it. Um, And for a companion stone, I found a companion stone that works really well with Amethyst is Angel Aura Quartz because Amethyst is really intense in its energy. It's really stimulating for the psychic awareness, intuitive development, opening the third eye. And Angel Aura Quartz has similar properties, but it just helps soften that a bit, um, which I love. So I find them to be a really great pairing. Now, the best Amethyst usually comes from brazil bolivia colombia but you can also get really different varieties of amethyst by looking outside of those regions and getting amethyst that comes from canada or india and i find that the amethyst takes on different qualities um, like there's brandberg amethyst there's Veracruz amethyst a lot of different amethysts named for its locality because it's so unique to that one particular place uh, thunder bay amethyst another good example so if you didn't know this about amethyst it's also known as the bishop's stone because in catholicism a lot of popes and bishops would actually wear rings of amethyst because it was thought to enhance spirituality and piety and devotion so pretty interesting it still has that connection to spirit um and i, I just love that about it now Some of you know, I also have, in addition to the Love and Light School of Crystal Therapy, I have a new age store in Madison, Wisconsin called Mimosa Books and Gifts. And one of my managers, the amazing Kathleen Douglas, has written up a little bit of the lore and history of amethyst that's really pretty interesting. So, um... Amethyst has been known as a protective stone kind of since the beginning of time. And and Kathy says, in fact, its name even refers to one of its ancient protective functions as an anti-intoxicant. So the legend goes that wine that was drunk from an amethyst cup would never make you drunk. Now, I've read a few things and, and Kathy kind of confirms this, that as people would drink wine right? Of course, they would become intoxicated. <laughs> sorry, my dog's barking in the background. That's that's my little mascot for the company, Cece, my beautiful golden retriever. <laughs> so sorry about that. Um, but I was talking about amethyst goblets, amethyst cups. And so wine was traditionally drunk out of a goblet, right? And wine is that beautiful, deep purple. But it was thought as people would become intoxicated by the wine, um their, their goblets their amethyst goblets would start to be filled up with water as the evening went on right and so it still appeared to be wine because the amethyst would make the illusion that there was a purple liquid in the goblet but of course it was just water so then of you know, people would not get intoxicated from drinking it. Now, I would imagine you would have had to drink quite a bit to realize, uh, not realize, rather, that you were drinking water instead of wine, but uh, it could work. You know, with it, everyone kind of has their own opinions about this and, and how that is um, true or not true. Uh, I think it probably is fairly likely that that happened at least, you know, at some point in time. So... Now, we talked a little bit about some of the properties of Amethyst, but what about its lore? What about its history? So I mentioned earlier, amethyst has always been known as a really protective crystal. And this goes back, Kathy says, at least as far as the ancient Egyptians and probably even much further than that. But this was kind of the the first culture to really record um, in any kind of writing a bit about amethyst um, and a few other stones as well in the Egyptian Book of the Dead and some other places. Um, Now, Kathy says that in Egypt amethyst is associated with the astrological sign of the goat and so that she says something really interesting here she says since goats love to eat grapevines they were an enemy of drunkenness and that's the earliest known connection between amethyst and sobriety or overcoming addiction so all the way back to ancient egypt now Egyptians also ascribed these protective powers to amethyst when the amethyst was carved in the shape of a heart, which they used to ward off sorcery and the evil eye. Um, And they would wear the heart with a feather as a protective amulet. So pretty interesting. Now, Kathy also tells us that ancient Hebrews, um, interpreted dreams, uh, in order to gain information about the future. Um, And they used amethyst as a guide for these dreams and visions to enhance the dream um, and enhance the understanding of the dream. And then, of course, many of you have probably heard this. I know this is one that I've come across several times, that Roman soldiers wore amethyst amulets for protection in battle. So there's that connection to protection again in another culture. And now, Kathy goes on to say that medieval Europeans saw an even broader application for amethyst as a protective stone. Um, They used it for protection not only against, you know, wounds in battle or against negativity or the evil eye, but they used it for protection against thieves uh, or protection against wild beasts or protection against against their enemies. So pretty interesting stuff. And I I just, I love, love learning about the legendary use of crystals because I think that crystal properties come to us in so many ways, right? It's not just through our own experience. I think that's the most important thing that we can look at when we're considering the properties of crystals, but also their historical uses, right? Because there's kind of a mass consciousness that surrounds these historical uses and this connection to crystals in human history. Um and so these historical uses and these legends and this lore about crystal energy kind of travels through even to modern day and is very strongly tied to the energetic qualities of these stones. So with that, that's the end of today's episode. I hope that you found a lot of value in today's show. If you want more information about anything I discussed in this episode, you can learn more over on the website at loveandlightschool.com slash blog. And if you did enjoy the show today, the biggest compliment you can give me is to leave a quick rating and review over at loveandlightschool.com slash iTunes. Now, while you're there, please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast through that link so you never miss a future episode. That brings us to the end of this episode of the Love and Light Live podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Levy. I'll be back with you in our next episode. And until then, crystal blessings. The Love and Light Live podcast is a production of the Love and Light School of Crystal Therapy. Visit us online at loveandlightschool.com.